0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And this week, real quick, before we get into the episode, I, of course, want to thank my patrons Rob, Robert, Case, and MJ for supporting me over at patreon.com stormageddon. If you'd like a shout-out, you can just uh, support me at the $5 level and you, too, will get a shout-out right here on this show. Um, but, of course, I welcome support at any level or even if you can't uh, uh, pony up the dollars, um, I totally understand and a share or a review, a like, a subscribe, all that stuff is super helpful, recommending to a friend. Um, Really quick, also my sponsor for this episode is Bean Quest Coffee, made by two brothers who love video games and coffee. You can go to bean-questcoffee.com and use the discount code DJ underscore coffee. You get 5% off your order. Um, I highly recommend it. Their coffee is amazing. Um, Let's chat about This week's guest, which is the incredible Super Smack, he is a badass nerdcore rapper. His newest EP, Neon Red, uh, came out very recently, and we had a chat about that Um, his introduction to nerdcore, his love of video games from when he was a kid, his particular affinity for Nintendo as he wears a Nintendo Switch jacket, um, and much more. I had a blast chatting with SuperSmack. I really dig his stuff, and I'm glad that I was able to get him on the show. So without further ado, here is me and the incredible SuperSmack. Your stuff since I think it was Lex who was like, so you gotta check out this guy Super Smack. He's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> we did we did South by Southwest together. Like, and I think she's the one who sent me the video of the crazy rich Asians mm-hmm. freestyle, which yep. is the first thing I ever saw. Yeah. Um
1: Wait, are we recording right now? Yeah, currently. Holy yeah. moly! Oh my gosh. I
0: just like flow right right in like that. <laughs> I love it. Um, that was so smooth. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this for almost ten years. You'd think I'd learn at least a little something. So nice. you know. Um, but yeah, like I well, first of all, like I just I love the way you create your video aesthetic on YouTube. I know you only have a few videos up Thank there you. right now, but Thank like you. I think what really attracted me to the crazy rich Asians freestyle, besides the fact that I just wanted to hear it, was just the way you presented it, the way you framed it, all of that stuff.
1: Oh dude, I appreciate that. Um, I was actually just, uh, right before I came here, I was just meeting with a director who wants to work with me and he was like asking me about kind of what I wanted out of my music videos. And I, I told him, honestly, I was like, I know that it's probably not the, um, smartest or at least the most popular advice or like path to take. But like, I know consciously that I'm like, probably I'm not, I'm not putting out as much content Uh as like. I could or like some of my peers do or other right. people do. Um especially YouTube these days is like it's so it's different than it was like a few years ago like mm-hmm. the pace of your output really matters on YouTube I think. Yeah. Um and I know that I'm like moving slow and deliberate but that's like kind of my choice at least for now. That might change but it's like uh to me it's really important to have like each video be I don't know like um to have, like, a very, like, unique and, like, striking aesthetic to yeah. it. And I was like, I don't want there to be any weak links in the chain if somebody goes and checks out my videos, just like I wouldn't want that with, like, any of my songs. So, For sure, like, yeah. That's part of the reason why I'm moving slowly, but... I'm okay with it for now. <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, I was super excited when Neon Red came out, because at that point, I'd been listening to the singles you had on your Spotify and wherever else they were, but, like, there was no album. And, well, yeah, Neon yep. Red is not an album. Yep. It's only an EP. Yep. We'll get there eventually. Uh, right. <laughs> um, uh, for those who don't know, of course, I am talking with nerdcore, in, uh, brilliant nerdcore rapper, Super Smack, um, and uh, we're talking about Neon Red. So... There are tons of uh, artists in the nerdcore scene who are making songs about, you know, video games or doing, like... References here or there. Yeah. Tons of folks have done whole songs about certain games and stuff. But clearly you have a, 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 a shine for Nintendo and the yeah. Nintendo aesthetic. I mean, you rap in a Nintendo Switch jacket. Yep. You know, so does that come from just that was the thing that you gravitated to in gaming when you were growing up? Was the, was like Nintendo your favorite of all the gaming consoles? Yeah,
1: Nintendo was my video game console. I was always like a Nintendo kid growing up. I eventually got a PS2
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and a PlayStation uh, so I could play DDR. Nice. Because I of course. got really into DDR. Of course. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, through and through it's been Nintendo. And
0: What was the first Nintendo console you ever got?
1: Uh, <laughs> it was a... Um, you've probably never heard of this. It's called The Good Boy. The Good Boy. The Good Boy was uh, probably one of several bootleg knockoffs of a of an NES. Oh, really? That was released in like, I know, it was probably released in like China or somewhere. Right, true. But like, my so my family's Filipino uh-huh. and um, I think we got it through like one of my aunts or uncles. They like showed up with like this Christmas present uh-huh. and it was this like um, shiny black plastic <laughs> console. Um, but it had, I don't think it had any cartridges or it had one cartridge right and that but that one cartridge had like 300 nes games on it that were just pirated and i didn't know this at the time i was just like i'm playing the good boy and it had like track and field it had like the circus game i don't know if you ever played those yeah it had like all of those just like in a list wow Um, it was crazy so that was technically the first video game system i had and then uh, i never got a proper nes uh-huh. Uh, because why would I? I had all the That's games. Just a good boy. What <laughs> the did you need a regular NES for? Yeah, but the Super Nintendo was the one that, like, I think that was that made a huge impact on me. Um, I just like the amount of like emotional investment um, that I got from the Super Nintendo because I think that was where um, the some of the first video games with stories mm-hmm. to like really impact me. Like, some I played some of my first RPGs on sure, there. Sure, of course. Um, playing like. Uh, like co-op games, and then also like the music. Like I think the the music of like the 16-bit era, I think, holds up today as like that's like the golden age of hip hop. <laughs> it's like that's how I feel about like 16-bit era. Yeah, sure. Like video game music, and video game music now is is phenomenal too. Um, but like I would always keep going back and like revisiting that music. So I
0: think there's, totally. there's
1: like a lot of reasons why, um, that like, Nintendo made an impact on me. But that's that's a big
0: one. I mean, with the Super Nintendo especially, so, like, it's funny. So I have a Nintendo Switch. I assume you have one as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, it's in my backpack. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I carry mine. I'll show you later. I have a Nintendo Switch backpack that holds the, the system, the dock, controllers, Ooh. and it can fit my laptop. I like, like that. I like that. It's, it's, I, it's I like it a lot. Um, but when they released the Nintendo online where you can play NES games, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is kitschy. Like, I remember loving my NES, but... What I had forgotten was once they released the SNES online and all of those games that are on it, like, those are the games that first started to make a real impact on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been Twitch streaming recently, and I've been uh, streaming Super Metroid. Yeah. And, like, I, I had been just playing a little bit of each Super Nintendo game on each stream, but with that one, like, I got so invested that now I'm playing it as a series trying to finish it. Nice. And, like, every time I boot it up, like, some of the tunes that I remember I'm humming along to, like, especially, like, when you get an item or whatever. Yeah um i think some of that music is and definitely the artwork is better than you like the polygon generation did not age well like looking mm-hmm. at like mm-hmm. old tekken or old like like i love final fantasy seven those models do not look good yeah. like you know but like the sprite work yeah all of that stuff has I, aged really I, well i
1: think i heard somewhere i forget it might have been like an ign or an interview or something like that where someone made the point that um in the 16-bit, by the time they got to Mm 16-bit, they had, like, they they spent a lot of the 8-bit era figuring stuff out because they were figuring out 2D. And by the time they got to 16-bit, they had, like, figured it out so there was, like, this mastery over the, and that's kind of the, the 32 and 64-bit areas are kind of the same way. They were, like, everyone was still kind of figuring out how to do, like, 3D and joysticks on, on, like, a handheld controller. Totally. Um, So by the time they got to, like, PS2 and, like, gamecube and xbox it was just like off to the races yeah. it was like in terms of just the polish um I mean, I love my N64, too. Oh, me too. (laughs) Best party system. Still, best party system ever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the only system I, that and the GameCube were the only systems I ever owned four controllers for. Yeah. Since and after I've never owned, uh, the Xbox 360, I might've accumulated them over time. Yeah. But like with the N64, when I first got it, I only had one controller. And then as soon as I could afford three more controllers, I bought them. Or like my friends would bring controllers over. Like some of my favorite party games were on the N64. Yeah. Um, but let's redirect back to Neon Red, which is your newest EP. Sure which is full of Nintendo stuff in it. Either the beats are Nintendo related, the lyrics are Nintendo related, sometimes both. And I want to talk about, it's hard to pick a favorite track, but one of my favorite um, conceits on that record is Funky. Because A, I love Donkey Kong Country, like everyone else who grew up in that generation. But my favorite thing about that song is not only are you and the other rappers playing the different characters Uh from the series... But the way you masterfully mix in the um the Kremlin like yes. Onk sound into the beat? Like the first time I heard it, I just audibly went, No.
1: Yeah. He didn't just do that.
0: Like, was was that kind of a thing So and clearly it's it's influenced by the music of Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Um was that song from the get always like, I need something from Donkey Kong Country and I'm gonna write this song that's about Donkey Kong Country?
1: Yeah. So That's a good question. Um, So I think it all started with the, it started with the EP. Mm -hmm. So the idea was I want to do either an EP or an album, ended up being an EP or a mixtape, ended up being an EP of songs that I felt like were honest to my Mm -hmm. roots. Because a lot of the MCs who I really admire, I looked, I like studied their like, (laughs) discographies, Uh and I looked at their early works, and their early works, like, a theme was, like, people rapping about their roots. Right. right? You know, everyone from Nas to Jay-Z to De La Soul to Kanye to friggin, um, like, yeah, all the greats um, talk about, they tell you where they've come from. Right. And I think that's what's so compelling to me about, like, Rap in particular as a genre. Right. Is, like, this kind of, like, autobiographical quality to it. Totally. And so I was like, okay, what are, like, my roots? And I could rap about, like, the neighborhoods I grew up in. But the neighborhoods I grew up in weren't... uh, To me, at least, they weren't, like, super interesting. Or at least enough (laughs) to, like, inspire, like, a lot of music. I might end up writing about, like, Gilbert, Arizona one day, but... (laughs) You're from Gilbert, Arizona? I was born in Gilbert, Arizona. uh, And then I really grew up... I lived there till I was 10, and then from 10 to 18, when I left for high school, I lived in Southern California. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I was out in the suburbs.
0: With my spouse is from Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, wow! So Yeah, yeah there's so a lot we're of random Arizona, Arizona wow. connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, so that's where
1: I was like, what else can I pull from? And I realized it was like, where I really feel like I spent a lot of time hanging out as a kid was in these like imagined worlds sure. that totally. were created in the video games. So that was that. And then I just started to restart. I was like, I was just looking up video game tunes like right. what video game tunes could i rock with and uh i found a couple of really good remixes and then i found some songs that i was like i definitely want to remix this song i'll work with a producer and then one song that i found that just in its raw form i was like i could rap over this was funky kong from, right this was funky kong's from donkey kong country 2 okay which yeah is sure hilarious because as a level you spend maybe like 1% of point one percent of your time of the game in, in Funky Mad. Kong's yeah. level because it's like it's his like it's Funky's flight, so it's yeah. like you use yeah, his he plates around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally remember but that. but That song still stuck out to yeah. me. And um David Weiss, David Weiss is the composer. Correct, yeah. Friggin' brilliant.
0: I love him and Grant Kirkhope. Pretty yeah. much anything that they work on. I mean, I followed their legacy through like even the newer Donkey Kong country games, yep. through like ukulele yeah. and like all of that, like it wasn't until I was an adult that I started to nerd out about composers yeah. of video games. Like, when I learned about that the composer of Final Fantasy also had a heavy metal band and yeah. played heavy metal versions of those songs, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what? That's not possible. Yeah. They're so it's good. It's just so They're great. so good. And so, so that, that song was composed by David Wise? That
1: song was composed by David Wise, and then um, I found a remix that re- I thought really brought it out to life even more by uh, this dude, James Garrison Summers. mm mm-hmm. um, and I asked if I could rap over his beat, and he was like, "Yep." And we worked it out. And it That's was, awesome. It was great. Yeah, I wrote that song. I started writing that song on a long train trip from uh, from Chicago to L.A. It was like a two-day, oh, wow. two and a half-day train ride, and I was like, "I want to write like uh, I want to write like two songs, or at least like four verses on this train ride." And so I started writing that song on that train ride, and that song was a. Uh, um, I just wanted to like write something like fun and very like nineties and just like a jam that like mm-hmm. people could like rock to. And mm-hmm. if people got the video game references, cool. But I wanted it to like, just the sound to be so fun that yeah.
0: like
1: I do that song. Now I use that song as an opener sometimes, or it's just like my second song in my mm-hmm. like, live sets. Cause it's so it, from what I've seen, it's just so effective at yeah. like it just getting people, people to move. It pulls yeah, yeah. people in. Um, and that's like, you know, shout outs to the composer and that, um, And the remix artist. Uh but yeah. And then for the record version, I was like, uh one verse that the first verse that I wrote was kind of inspired by Donkey Kong. Right. The second verse was inspired by Diddy Kong. And I was like, "Well, why not round out the whole family and have, other <laughs> products, yeah, yes, yeah, so I brought on uh, Oh My and Lex uh, to be K Rule and Dixie and
0: the phenomenal." And like, it's funny too. Like the first time listening to that album, like realizing that. Like, and also I've been listening to Lex pretty much since she started putting out music. Um, ever since Schaefer shared a video of her from South by Southwest, mm-hmm, and like, and and I made a joke with her when I came to your show at Arlene's Grocery that literally i can't pick up an album with her being without her being on it yeah like i beefy just put out his second half of one of his records Mm -hmm. and like she's there and i'm like you're just literally on everything and then when i listen to the ep i was like oh there's like she dropped another verse and the fact that she's doing dixie kong which is like she's she's not kidding like I don't know any dudes who didn't love playing Dixie more in the second game. Like the best, just the best character. The best. the best. Also, I will fight anybody. The second game is better than the first game. Like I love. I, lo- and I, I lo- absolutely agree. Like I love Donkey Kong. I'm a big Donkey Kong fan, but that second game is just the better. It game. It is
1: incredible. I also think like both in gameplay and character, like the Diddy Dixie, like. Chemistry is uh-huh. just really good. Yeah. It's totally. just really, really good. Yeah. And
0: so when you and so you reached out to them and then they wrote their verses. Did you have your verses done when you reached out to them? I had them? my verses done. And so you sent yeah. them what you had? Yeah. I've
1: there's sometimes I reach out to artists before well, and all I'll have is a hook. Yeah. Sometimes all I'll have is a concept. Yeah. Sometimes all I'll have is a beat, but usually I have something. Oh. Um this was the one of the songs where I had like the most where I had like both of my verses. I was mm-hmm. like, these are gonna bookend. And then uh, originally it was uh I brought Oh My On as K. Rule, And then I was just like, I was sitting there. I was like, how can I do a Donkey Kong Country tribute track that's missing literally my favorite <laughs> character in right. the game? Yeah, yeah, And totally. I was like, I'm not going to write a Dixie Kong verse. That's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I asked Lex. And it was actually, that was the last piece that came together before the album was was. Tiny. Oh, that's awesome. It was uh, literally the day that she moved to New York. Oh, cool. Uh, or the night after. And I asked her, I was like, hey, what are you doing today? Do you <laughs> want to get into the studio and record this?
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Lex a little bit because you guys did a really great tour. How many cities did you go to? 16. 16 cities in what? Three weeks? 20 days. Damn. Yep. And like, so you, so did Lex, because you say in your song, uh, Everybody's Got Game. Uh-huh. Or everyone got game? Everybody got game. Everybody got game. Yep. Um, that, like, you tell the story that they're pretty much like, you need to come to South By. Yeah. Did you know Lex before South By? I met
1: Lex uh, through Instagram DMs.
0: Oh, right. Because you had liked each other's stuff. Yep. And you just I followed her.
1: Out. She followed me. We started DMing. Um, and then... We had this, like, long extended internet conversation about, like, what is nerdcore? And her yeah. kind of, like, extending, like, the hand of, like, come join this, like, nerdcore, like, adventure. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And she was like, I think you should do it. And, like, specifically, you should come to South By. And then, yeah. so she talked to DJ Rockman. Oh, nice. And uh, who was putting together Nerdcore Days, and they brought me on.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And so, like, and so then you both did this tour for t- over 20 days. Yeah. Um, damn, that's so many. Like, it's just such a comp. And you did a lot, and you, like, mm-hmm. you didn't you get a flat tire at one point? We got and, a flat uh, tire, and, like, yeah. We had
1: uh, all sorts of crazy stuff happening like, on the road. But, yeah. I
0: mean, I went to the Arlene's Grocery show, show. Like, people were hyped. I mean, I also know New York is, like, your town, and, like, yeah. your sister was there, and a bunch of friends were there. But, like, yeah. the energy that the two of you give is just so frenetic. And, like, it actually is related to one of your songs. So I have immediately loved every one of your songs the minute I heard them except one. Okay. Which was Sandra Bullock. I heard it and went, this is really different. This is so interesting. (laughs) And I had trouble wrapping my brain around it. But then I saw you do it live. I saw you do it live at All Lean's Grocery and went, I get it now. Like, and now I love the track because I get that it's, it's you're you have so much fun doing that song. It's yeah. just like a braggadocio song. It's like a confidence song. Yeah, and it's just so, um, it's so different from everything you had done up to that point. Where did the idea for something like Sandra Bullock come along? Oh
1: man, that's really funny that you said that because uh, you're. Sandra Bullock is by far my most, like, success, quote, unquote, like, successful song. Uh-huh. It's by far the most streams. People really? always, it's People always request me to do it live. Huh. And even people who've never seen me live have connected with me on the internet through that, through the recording. Wow. Lesson. But the only other person who's had a kind of a similar reaction to you was my sister, actually. I did the <laughs> song for her, and she was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, so it's funny. It's, it, you know, people have different tastes. Sure. And, totally. Um, but... Uh, for Sandra Bullock, uh, so I have a rap, like, notebook. I have, like, both digital and on paper. I keep, like, anytime I have an idea, mm-hmm. I like, throw it down so I can revisit it later. So anytime I'm looking for, like, I want to write a song, I just go back to that list and look at, look through things. And I saw that I had written this, um, I had written just, like, a one-line phrase, and it was uh, Mr. Mr. Congeniality. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a funny concept. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, I loved. The, I lo- still love that movie. Mischief, it's a great. Yeah. It's a great movie. movie. It I don't still care what anybody up. says. It's always, good. it still holds up. I've yeah. watched it a million times, um, and uh, and then I started thinking about Sandra Bullock, and then I just started like saying the name over my head, and I was like, it, and then I heard this trap beat in my yeah. head, and I was like, oh, that just her name, Sandra Bullock. It like yeah, sounds yeah. like it has that trap rhythm, and uh, I hadn't done a trap a trap song. Right. Uh, it's that's still really my only like real trap song. Um, and I wanted to do a song that both, cause trap is such like the trend now, Yeah, but I, I do think that it has, there are a lot of songs that are actually like have merit and are good. Oh, sure. So I wanted to write a song that kind of made fun of trap music Yeah. while also being like a celebration of trap music. And
0: being a really good trap <laughs> song. Yeah yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So that's, that's like, was like the challenge. And of all my songs, Sandra Bullock was the one that I probably took the least amount of time to write. Some songs I take months on. Oh, that really? one I wrote in like one like one sitting. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. It just kind of came out.
0: Um, and I love that. I love being able to like connect live performance to enjoying a song. Um, and like your live shows are super high energy. You're super interactive. Um, and what I really love also about the New York show is like. Your sister sings on a track, and yep. she was there, and you did the track live. Yeah, that was uh, really special. I also got to talk to your sister, because she directed...
1: She co-directed Choose, the music video.
0: Yeah, and so Choose is when I first really got into you. I discovered you through the Crazy re- Asians Freestyle, but when I saw the video for Choose, and how black box it was, but still with all of those mm-hmm. references, and, and like that perfect use of the, the N64 Smash Brothers yeah. music, like I was like, what... What is this? Yeah. I need more from this, dude. Um, tell me a little bit about making that music video, because it's clear like like everyone's casted very specifically to sort of resemble the characters, mm-hmm. and like the movements are super like specific, and like at, like the art style is super unique. Like what was that like creating that that music video? Did you have an idea for that after yeah. you wrote the song?:
1: Yeah, um I think I wrote the song. I wrote the song first without the video concept in mind. Um, I found that beat. It was an instrumental jazz cover from this uh, jazz trio in New Orleans called Joe Mella. It just incredibly covered that. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a great version of that. Smash 64 song. Um, And uh, yeah, I started writing it. And I, I I think that... As I started, let me back up. Up until that point, pretty much all of the work that I had done was like narrative or theatrical in mm-hmm. some form because my background is was in musical theater. That was sure. one of the things. That and like hip hop dance were like the two things that kind of led me into rapping, weirdly enough. But um, a lot of my work was like, Talking about some work of fiction, so like Crazy Rich Asians right. or Star Wars, or I was like rapping as a character or something like that. What I really wanted to do with super, like, and why I kind of like started Super Smack was I wanted to finally like rap as myself, right? And so I was like, well, if I'm rapping as myself, I need to start by telling people like who I am. So I need, I was like, I need a self introduction song, and I need to tell people this path, this path that I took to get here, and. Um, I thought, like, what better kind of, like, metaphor for that than, like, choosing your character. Yeah, it's such a brilliant, yeah, brilliant idea for yeah. a song. And that's, like, what I kind of was aiming to do with that and a lot of the other songs on Neon Red is, like, not to just rap about the video game, but to, mm-hmm. like, I'm literally telling you something that's very, like, that's deeply personal and kind of hard for me to say in any other way. And the only way I know how to, ex- the best way I know how to express it is yeah. through a video game metaphor. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was that. And then the video... Um, uh there are a couple inspirations for that video um bruno mars at the time did uh that's what i like mm-hmm. and that's where i uh got an idea for some of the animations mm-hmm. so he used that and then uh chance the rapper has a video for his song sunday candy oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that is also like has dance and theater yeah, but totally. also on film and i i wanted to capture Uh, capture that. And then the the switch jacket was made for that video. And I was Ah. like, I I, I wanted to like literally embody like some of like the symbols that I was talking about. And so I had that, I designed that jacket, had it made for that video and then it kind of became like one of my symbols. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That jacket, like the first time I saw it, I was just like damn it, that's so brilliant. That's such a great idea. I was so excited that you had announced at your show that at some point you're going to be selling a version of it as a hoodie, which is really neat. And, like, it's a thing that I saw. I I never, like, I I have the red and blue Joy-Cons on my Switch, and I I would have never looked at that and said, that's something I'd wear. But then seeing it on you, I'm like, oh, that's totally something. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what I love about Neon Red, though, is that, like, a few of the songs are very overtly, obviously, about a certain game. Like, you do, you know, um, the Pokemon Battle song as well, mm-hmm. with... Are you the voice of Squirtle on the that That's track? me, yeah. It's just so great. <laughs> like, to talk to yourself as Squirtle. It so great. Yeah. I love it. But, like, and so, like, that and Funky are both very clearly about those video games. But then you have other tracks that are not. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the final track on that AP, the moment I heard that we uh we shop track like first of all i've been obsessed with that because i don't know if you ever saw there's this youtube video of someone putting buster rhymes over the we shop music and so like yeah there's a good drake one too right yeah and like because it works so well and so when i heard that you did that for your final track i was like ah that's brilliant like that's music nerd and rap nerd all at once (laughs) yeah yeah shouts
1: to neku for that beat he's amazing producer out of la
0: And it was one of those things that, like, I was shaking all of my friends after I heard it. I was like, (laughs) you have to hear this song. It's such a brilliant use of this beat. Um, Is that something, like, you discover that track first and you go, okay, what am I putting over this? Mm, Yeah. Or, and Mm. then you wrote the lyrics after the fact?
1: Yeah. So I go, I go into, uh, when I'm doing super smack stuff, I have, like, modes. So I have, like, a mode where I'm, like, in, like you know, songwriting mode. Right. I'm just, like, writing lyrics. And then I have a mode where I'm, like, in social media promoting mode. Because right. that's what you have to do as an independent artist. And then one of my favorite modes is, like, beat hunting mode. And it's just so fun because I just get to listen to music and I'm, like, just hunting for beats. Um, and so I was, I was beat hunting and I had, like, uh, I love the Wii Shop one. So I, yeah. I kind of narrowed it down. It was, like, a, a beauty pageant or something or <laughs> a game show. <laughs> I narrowed it down to these, like, four, like, uh, we Shop Remixes, and that was the one that I'm like most connected with, and I reached out to the the artist Neku, and um, he let me use it. And yeah. we've actually become like friends since then. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's awesome!
0: Cool. Well, yeah. what I love about Neon Red also is the the rappers that I tend to identify with the most are ones that like pour their heart on their sleeve. It's why I've liked Schaefer so much. I like Doctor Awkward. I like mm-hmm. you know, and and even you know the rappers back in the day. Like I think a lot of the reasons that people connected with Biggie and Tupac and like Snoop is because. They were more or less rapping about their lives, the good and bad, but they were open and honest yeah. about what they were talking about. And so, like, what I love about Neon Red is from start to finish, it's just a, a, a like a beautifully positive, rappy piece just about who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, a Labo of Love. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that track, and I, I like, I love all of it. But the lines that your sister sings mm-hmm. are are just so effing beautiful and like oh, it's just but, uh, such like, a positive <laughs> it's just such a positive also like the a b x y yeah. l r so like start like that's just it's such a hook it's just it's so easy to repeat so easy to chant along like it's just got one yeah. of the it's one of those songs that gets in your head immediately yeah, she
1: she killed it <laughs> on that and then uh, my nieces and nephews also killed. it. Oh, is that track. is that? your niece, that's and actually that's nieces actually my nieces and nephews, is that,
0: that really your your niece going? Hey, Uncle Smack yep. on that track. That's amazing. Yep. That's really sweet. Yeah. Do they listen to your music at all? They do. That's awesome. Um, which
1: is really really. How old cool. are they? Uh, like they range like six to uh, ten. Yeah, yeah there's, that's like, really there's like there's like four or five of them. That's awesome. Um, who I'm close with. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah.
0: Do they actually call you Uncle Smack?
1: uh sometimes that's awesome yeah yeah Ka- really katie cool. who's the one that is the voice there it, she yeah. she calls me uncle smack the most yeah. that's
0: really funny yeah um i want to talk a little bit about your origins actually mm-hmm. um because i could like praise neon red and your music all day long. <laughs> thank you um but you said you have a background in musical theater i know mm-hmm. you recently shared a photo of you in a production of in the heights yep that you had done so was rap always on your radar growing up like did you always like hip-hop coming up no really
1: uh my connection, I didn't dislike hip-hop. Right. It's just not something that I listened to. Um, I was, uh, as a little kid, I was raised on show tunes. Like, my family loves of musical course. theater. Sure, so, like, yeah, that I think that, track that helps me now as, like, a storyteller through yeah. music. I'm like, oh, I know how to tell stories through songs. That's <laughs> like, the, I didn't listen to my first pop song until I was, like, 10 years old. Nice. Um, and then uh, in college, I got into, like, indie rock and indie pop. Mm-hmm. I just didn't listen to hip-hop much. Um, but I was a dancer throughout most of my life, and the style of dance that I gravitated towards the most was hip hop. It was just the one that was like I was best at, mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Oh, I like this. This is the most fun to do." Um, and uh, so uh, the music, the hip hop music that I did was exposed to growing up was because I was doing a choreographed dance number oh,
0: to it. Okay.
1: Um, but the fun thing about hip hop dance is you also don't a lot of hip hop dances is, cor- is done to non hip hop songs. Right. And so that's why I like rapping to, like, even non-hip-hop stuff now. But I, I got into hip-hop because uh, once I decided to do musical theater, um, I quit my day job, jumped into musical theater, uh, and the sh- a lot of the shows I ended up getting cast in were shows with a hip-hop angle, because that was the st- form of dance that I was best at. Right. Um, and I had, like, kind of, like, an advantage over all these other, like, musical theater kids who didn't really know how to do hip-hop dance. So I got cast in, like, a, like productions of In the Heights, um, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda's show right. before Hamilton. And uh, In the Heights exposed me to rap, and because there was some rapping in that show, I was, like, I tried it out, and I was, like, oh, this is really fun. I like it. So actually, the, one of the first original rap pieces that I wrote was, like, it was basically, like, In the Heights fan fiction. It nice. was, like, a song that I wrote That's with amazing. the In the Heights characters, like... But not in the show. Oh, that's the That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: So that could do well now. There's a movie coming out. That's I'm just true. saying if you put, you know, mount that and put that out. That's true. I'll think about that. <laughs> that's a good idea. Just, uh, just saying from a marketing perspective. Yeah. Um, so yeah,
1: uh, it was like hip hop. I got into hip hop through dance and then I got into rapping through musical theater, which is a very weird <laughs> that's way to so go. About interesting. It. Yeah. That's really cool. But once I started doing it, I was like, Oh, I actually like this even more than musical theater and yeah. I wanted to like invest more in writing and producing my own stuff.
0: Well and what I like about like going back through your older stuff on YouTube is like you've always had a nerdy edge to all of the stuff you've done like so I checked out the Star Wars mm-hmm. rap that you did yep. and that features Robin, Robin De- De- DeJesus yep. who I've met before who's a sweet a sweet sweet man yes he's um, great. and like when I saw that it was featuring him I was like oh well, now I have to watch this and it's fantastic like it's great you know it's about Anakin not being welcome to join the council and that he'll never be a master yeah. and like also like you doing the pers- like what I thought was really brilliant is not only you doing the perspective of Anakin but also Robin doing Anakin in his own head uh, like, he, yeah, like well, he, did, uh, he did Obi-Wan. Oh, Obi-Wan yeah, in yeah, his yeah. own head, rather. Yeah, yeah, Which I thought was really brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. it was just... It, and is that something that was collaborative to create? Or did you, like, come up with the concept and that? Uh...
1: I, I wrote every lyric oh, in that song. Oh, really? But everyone in that in that video was in the cast of In the Heights with me. So Robin... Oh, of course. Robin originally played Sonny. Right. In the original production of In the Heights. He right. was Lin-Manuel Miranda's, like, feisty little cousin. Yeah. And... Uh, it was a dream role of Robbins to play Usnavi one day, which is Lin-Manuel Miranda's role, the lead role. Right. right? And he got to play it in this production of In the Heights, uh, this professional production in Maryland. And then I got cast in the show as Graffiti Pete, who's like the break dancer, graffiti yeah. artist. Um, and so everyone in that, I, I started writing that piece and I, ha- I wrote it with like these cast members. Right. Because mind. you were working with them. Yeah. And so we shot it that's down. Cool. In, we shot it down in Maryland.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah.
1: That was, like, a huge honor to get all these people, including Robin, to, yeah. like, sing my little song about Star
0: Wars. And for them to all be totally game about it, <laughs> yeah, too. Like, yeah. that's great. <laughs> um, were they all Star Wars fans? Like, did they understand? No. Oh, no. really? No,
1: most of them had, were, like, not Star Wars fans at all, except for uh, Millie, who played May. Yeah. He's a huge Star Wars fan. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. Um, so, uh, taking it back to the current EP that's out... It's called Neon Red. Mm-hmm. Your jacket is both Neon Red and Neon Blue. Yeah. I have to assume that there's a Neon Blue coming.
1: Ooh, ooh! You, you asked. I did. <laughs>
0: um, is there another EP in the works? Or are you planning on pa- pairing it with a with a blue? EP? There is.
1: There is. Uh, I think this is maybe my first official public announcement of oh, this. Awesome. So here we Sweet. go. All yeah, right. you got the scoop. Uh, excellent. Um, I've been telling. I've been like telling people in conversation. But uh, yes, there will be a sequel to Neon Red um, called Neon Blue, and. Uh, Uh, I'm really excited for it because I like the concept of like duality, Uh and so I want to go in like a pretty different direction with neon blue. um, Whereas like neon red, I particularly wrote and kind of curated to be this like, um, like very bright, Mm -hmm. extroverted, like piece of work. Um, Neon blue is going to be like a little more introverted, Mm -hmm. a lot more introverted, a lot more somber, Mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, it's, like, basically my neon red tracks are, like, my sunshine Uh tracks, and then neon blue is going to be, like, my rainy day tracks. That's awesome, though. um, I'm, like, mostly a positive person, but, like, there are those, like, you know, those sides that we all have. Of course. I I think neon blue is going to be more challenging in some ways for me to write, but I'm, like, really excited for
0: it. That's awesome. It'll be different. Do you have a projected time for it to come out, or? I'm
1: looking at, like, first quarter of 2020. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then you'll have to do a combo release and like you know yeah, all yeah, that yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'll do a, I'll do a, I'll do a, a vinyl where like one side is red. And the
0: other. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you have each Joy-Con on either side. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk um, uh, so a little bit about the design of your logo because obviously it's influenced by the Joy Cons, but yep. it's got the microphones and yep. that. Is that just born out of the jacket you got and this persona you cur- curated yeah. essentially?
1: Yeah, I, I, I wanted to have like a strong. Kind of like visual motif right throughout my live performance look my videos my logo and my branding so um yeah i kind of just like leaned into that it all started it was like really all started with choose yeah it also helps that like red and blue have been my favorite colors since i was like a kid like spider-man yeah. superman were always like my favorite superheroes. pokemon pokemon yeah so um it's just all of these things that that i um i like this like two parts make a whole sure concept and this um this might change at some point. I sure. might do like a I might do like a chapter 2 of Super Smack and like it'll look very different, but um... Uh, or I might keep this for a while. I don't know. But yeah. this is what I'm feeling right now, so.
0: I mean, it, and it's it's had so much synergy. I mean, when you released the title of the tour being the Crazy Switch Asians tour mm-hmm. with you and Lex, I'm like, that's just brilliant. Of course. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Um, that was her idea. Uh, yeah. I don't doubt it. She's, she's, she's a marketing genius. Oh, I would be the first <laughs> to say. Like, it's so funny because, like, I... I I adore Lex. Uh, It's been a pleasure getting to know her. Um, When we we first interacted online, like, I just had liked a bunch of her stuff. And so she reached out. She's like, I I think I had mentioned that I do a podcast. And then she was immediately game. She's like, she didn't even ask any questions really. She's like, sure, when we can do it, I'll be in New York at this time. I'll be here for this period of time. Because I think when she was on the show, it was before she had moved. Mm She had just come in, I think, to do... Um, a show Mm -hmm. and like was just like super game and like shared everything once it came out and like retweeted it and reposted it like she is she knows exactly what she wants from this this industry and there is not there i think there's no better person you could have paired with for a tour yeah yeah because she totally knows what she's doing really
1: really special experience
0: um did you learn anything while you were on tour about yourself or about playing live uh
1: yeah i learned uh, i think like a couple of the biggest things i learned first was just like my live performing skills. I feel like I leveled up so much Uh every, it was really fun uh, to change up things in my set every, like I didn't, I don't want to ever give the same show twice. Right. So I'd always like tweak something, even if it's something as small as like how I introduce a song or how I frame something or like, you know, the how I physicalize this verse on one night versus another night. Um, So that was really fun. And it, it just like, I felt like I just got like all these reps and I got to, like, train myself as just this, like, yeah. w- performing warrior. And uh, I feel, like, just a lot more comfortable. I was always, like, a, like pretty comfortable as a performer before. But I have, like, um, I just feel like I, I accessed, like, another level. And so, I don't know. I think all artists, like, are constantly on this quest of, like, just getting better. Um, that's how, that's what I'm, like, aiming for. So that was one thing. And then the other was, like, just connecting with fans. Um historically most of my writing has been pretty like i just write purely for myself and i share it and i hope people will like it right and i still am going to continue doing that but um now i feel like there's people who are like really connected to my music in totally all these different cities and and like I have, like, my nieces and nephews, like, asking me when my next Super Smack song is going to come out. And I feel like I have this, like, weird, like, responsibility <laughs> yeah. now. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so that's definitely a new thing that I'm still kind of, like, wrapping my head around. Yeah. Um, I think that there's, like, a Venn diagram of, like, doing, you know, I'm continuing to make the music that's for me, but then it's also for other people. And so I'm hoping to be able to, like, work in both of those, like, In the intersection of both of those circles.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I've always said I love (laughs) about the Nerdcore community is how people connect. And, like, one of the great things about getting to see you live after obsessively listening to that EP is, like, when you recognize that I knew the lyrics, singing them back at you. And when your sister did as well, when you guys were doing Labo of Love, like, that's the kind of connection you make with an artist that you can't replicate. Oh, yeah. And, like... There's and no, there's
1: no other feeling like it.
0: No. Like Schaefer used to pick on me because like I met Schaefer at an MC front a lot show and we became friends after that just from seeing him at shows and through the burlesque scene and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And like he used to joke that he would look to me during his songs <laughs> if he, thought, <laughs> if he got things? lost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. I don't know that that's true, but it's still really sweet to say and very funny. But like, I just, there's something about music for me beyond any other medium that really, I feel like, connects me to other people and other artists. And the Nerdcore community kind of blends a lot of my favorite things. So obviously we're doing music about all sorts of stuff that we grew up together with. Like talking about the Super Nintendo, like I said before, like memories came rushing back after playing those games on Switch Online yeah. that I haven't played. Like I couldn't tell you when the last time I played Super Metroid was. Maybe on the Wii because I had it on the virtual console. Right. But that's at least 5, 6, 10 years ago. Yeah, um, And like all of those memories come fl- rushing back until you get to a certain part of the map where you don't realize where, remember where you have to go and what you yep, have to yep. do. But like, and I feel like music does that too. Like, especially now that I've seen you live, like I'm going to think about those moments. Oh, live totally live when I'm listening to music. Yeah. Um, touring with Lex, are, do you, were there any songs that you <clears throat> love more after hearing them live or just the experience of being on, on tour with Lex? Of Lex's songs? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I think the first one of the first ones that stands out is uh, like "Curse of Creativity." Sure. It's like seeing when she performs that live, um, I think it hits. It, it hits in a very like, it just like hits you in the gut. Yeah, totally. So definitely that one. Um, and then.
0: I think my f- some of
1: her some of her new ones that yeah. maybe I can't talk about yet. That's she her. hasn't released them. Yeah. But I'm like, we're on these drives, and I'm like, I'm so excited for this song to come out because. Yeah. That's song freaking rocks. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Well, yeah, like, one of my favorites that she does live that isn't out yet, but she's done live many times is Asian American Beauty. Yes. Because, yeah. like, the comedy. That is out, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Um, oh. It was a VPC song. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, that's not right. on one of her albums. Right, but right. But yeah.
0: But, like, that one is so fun to watch her perform live because she just gives no fucks. Yeah, she she's just hand. It's amazing. It's so fun. Um. You, I know you played The Waystation recently and All Haunt of Mine. Do you have any plans on going on tour again or just shows coming up in New York that you're excited I'm, for?
1: I'm thinking about it. Uh, well, I've got a show this Friday. Cool. Um, I'm going to be part of this uh, Asian-American variety show called uh, Night Market oh, awesome. at the People's Improv Theater.
0: Unfortunately, this will come out the Tuesday after that. But, hey. but I'm sure it was awesome. Well,
1: it'll, it'll, <laughs> it will have been an awesome show in the future past. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, and I'm... Uh, Gonna get to do a song with uh, Sung Beats, who's the American beatbox loop station champion. Wow! Yeah, so that's cool. So that'll be really fun. That's awesome. Um, but uh, I would like to tour at some point in the future, um, like next year. I think I would definitely like to. Um, I'm most focused on getting the uh, the next EP out. Sure. Some singles, some music videos, um, and then thinking about yeah, just thinking about like my kind of release mm-hmm. strategy. Um, for, like... I kind of think of the tour as, like, the end of, like, phase one sure. of, like, Super Smack. So I'm, like, yeah. having a lot of fun right now, kind of scheming what the next phase is going to look like. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think what's really cool about following um, what you've done in such a short time, too, is, like, the ideas that you've had that you've put on YouTube or put in places that aren't necessarily on the EP, like drum song or mm-hmm. the tap song you did with a mm-hmm. friend of yours, yep. like, like, you're doing things that I would have never thought of. Like, that tap song... Like, for, I first see it, and I'm like, okay, she's going to tap, he's going to rap. But then she starts rapping after your verse, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. So she can tap and rap. Yeah. Like, that's just such a, a brilliant concept. Are you always looking for that kind of outside of the box, like, different things you can do with yeah. the medium? Yeah, I
1: think, like, surprise, the element of surprise is, like, um, is really special, and I try and, like, continue to harness that. Because even for other people, for, like, the audience and fans, but like, also for me, like, it's, like, it keeps it interesting i don't want to if i ever get to the point where i like start to get bored with my own work like i'm gonna stop like i'm not gonna just keep on doing it because i feel like you have to i have to yeah Yeah. i do it because i feel some sort of inspiration or some sort of self-challenge of like what would it be like to rap and tap at the same time sure um so yeah i think that that challenge is like always what i'm chasing
0: um is there any con and i like asking especially artists like uh you and lex Jafer and the others who do things about stuff has there been a concept for a song that you've wanted to do but you just can't get it like you can't get it on the page like about a certain game or a certain movie like have you hit challenges where like you really want to make something with that property but you just can't seem to get it to work uh
1: yeah there's one song that i'm working on right now um that actually has uh I don't want to reveal too much about it yet. Okay. But it has uh, me and three other Nerdcore artists on it. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited for it because they have all given me their verses. And it's all fire. And I knew it was going to be. And I had a, like I have a very strong concept for the song. And they really executed on that concept. And uh, I have a good hook for it. But I'm just really struggling with the verses because mm-hmm. the... And this is, like, nobody's fault but my own, but the topic is, like, a really, really challenging topic for me. Gotcha. So um, it's going to happen. And I'm seeing it on this show now, so, so like, it's going it to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, It'll it, be official. Yeah, this is, like, the challenge, right? <laughs> but I've, I've, like, God, I don't, I don't think I've ever had a harder time writing writing a verse. Interesting. Because um, the subject matter is hard. Sure. Yeah, but I'm excited for it because it's, like,
0: yeah. But that's great though that you're viewing it as a challenge, not like a uh, like a stopping point. Like, yeah, and I think that's really great. Um, I think I'd be remiss since we've talked about video games and your love of video games mm-hmm. to not. I, I I feel obligated to ask you what you're playing on the Switch these days. Okay, uh, just because I feel like the world wants to know. Sure. Um, so
1: I'm always playing a lot of Smash.
0: I mean, how can you not? Yep,
1: I'm always playing a lot of Smash. I'm like,
0: do you have a favorite main right now? Mario really i've I've
1: maimed mario since 64 Wow! every version of smash has always been mario that's impressive Um, and i'm like for a casual player i'm like pretty good okay so like i get pretty into it and i'll get like very competitive it's a good way to like like just like release like competitive energy sure totally um and then uh i'm slowly making my way through xenoblade chronicles nice uh xenoblade chronicles 2 right um i'm just taking my time with with it because it's like a 100-hour JRPG. It's ridiculous,
0: yeah, how long that game is.
1: And then one that I'm playing, because, like, uh, my sister and I grew up playing video games. And mm-hmm. when I got back into video games with the Switch, I got her back into it, too. Nice. We're playing this amazing indie game called Aegis Defenders.
0: Oh, we yes, I've it. heard of Aegis it Defenders. It is incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's a platforming uh, it's a platforming tower defense hybrid yeah. with beautiful, like, retro 16-bit artwork. And the music is great. And it's the gameplay's tight, and it's great. I al- I've always loved co-op games growing yeah. up. Same. Um, and uh, so those are those are probably my big ones right now.
0: Yeah, I find with the Switch, my favorite thing about it is, like, I can dock it, but most of the time I'll just lay down on my couch and just hold it in my mode and play it. Just something about having the system, like, in my hands is really neat. Yeah. Uh, I've mostly been playing a lot of indie games. I just finished A Hat in Time. Oh, I've heard. I've heard that. Which is, like, it's like Mario 64 all over again. Yeah. But it's really cute, and, you know, um, the story is just wacky. Um, you're collecting time, like, little hourglasses instead of How stars. How are the controls? so tight oh, and that's i was so great. and that's i so was so important well like it's why i didn't love ukulele the first one i'm excited for impossible lair but the first ukulele the controls were just floaty enough that mm-hmm. like it was fun but it felt off yeah um but no hat and time is super tight there's some platforming stuff that made me want to throw my switch but not a lot of that okay okay um but i had been waiting for that because they announced it was going to come to switch when it came out on pc and i was like oh, if it's going to be portable i gotta wait and so i waited and it finally came out recently Um, Before that, the last big game I played was Fire Emblem Three Houses, which was phenomenal. But, like, it took me so long to just get through one of the story paths. Like, there's still two others, and I haven't gone back to it. I just, I prefer, I don't know about you, but as an adult gamer, things that can be bite-sized are so much more important. One million percent. Uh, One million percent. Like, looking at a game now on the PS4, and I love my PS4, but looking at a game that, like, says it's 150 hours, I just look at that and go, ugh. Yeah. Like, how am I going to play that? When am I going to have time to play that? Yeah,
1: I think what I've realized is it's... is Yeah, so as a kid, I would love, like, long RPGs, You just right? play it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And now I think it's it's both a time thing, but it's also, like, the kind of... Um, the type of, like, brainwaves that mm-hmm. you're using when playing a game. Like, I have to use so much of my brain... My, like, decision-making and my planning and my creativity in, like, for music stuff. Yeah. Um, that... Often when I'm like, oh, I want to play a video game, I just play Smash because it's... You can it, kind of turn your brain off a little I can, bit. I can just... Or I can just use a different part where I'm just like right. reacting and it's like instinct and like skill mm-hmm. rather than like, um, like exploring and creating something, which yeah. I love, but that's just kind of like how I... The balance that I need right now. Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, it's why I fell in love with Untitled Goose Game, which uh, like I was excited about anyway because it just looks so ridiculous. I need to get that. It's so fun. But like my favorite thing about it is it's about three hours long. And it's like it's puzzle solving, but it's these small bite-sized moments. And it's a it's a stealth game where you're not punished for screwing up. You just get shooed away and you have to figure out another approach. <laughs> my favorite thing about it is my spouse plays some video games, but she's not really into games. Yeah. But when I was playing that on the TV, she just sat she knew about the game. I had shown her the trailer. She sat down next to me, she's like, well, Why don't you try that? And gave me a suggestion. And the next thing I know, it's been hours and like uh, she's telling me, Oh, we should go there, go try that. that. It's just it's it, it, it's really I really like
1: watching people play video games too.
0: Oh, me too. Yeah. It's why um, I'll have to once we're done on the pod, I have to recommend you my other one of my other podcasts I do. I do a gaming podcast with a friend friend of mine. Oh yeah. And we recently did an episode about streamer culture exists because of people like us who grew up loving watching other <laughs> people play video games. <laughs> yeah. Like and the reason I like Twitch streaming myself is because gaming is a communal experience. Like when I sit on the couch by myself playing a game mm-hmm. I, I eventually start to feel this weird guilt of like I should be doing something else I should be working on a podcast I should be working on whatever or go do something, clean the house whatever yeah Whereas when I'm playing on Twitch and people are in the chat and just hanging out even if it's only a couple people yeah I feel like we're in it together That's like fun. we're doing the thing together yeah. Um, and I feel the same way. Like I grew up watching, the reason I love RPGs is because I watched my friend play like the first half of Final Fantasy VII Mm -hmm. and then I eventually got a PlayStation and went, I got to get that game. That game was awesome. Or Resident Evil 2. Like I'm a coward. I can't (laughs) play horror games, but watching it, playing that, watching my best friend Matt play that game and like the two of us, the first time Mr. X burst through the wall and we both like jump and he (laughs) throws the controller like, you're in it together. So you're scared together. I love that. Yeah. It's it's my favorite thing about gaming and why I love a lot of nerd rap or just rap in general that has gaming references. I feel like it's a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's an understanding amongst people who play games. Yeah. And like I'm one of those people like I don't give a shit whether you're a hardcore game or casual game or you just play mobile games. Like it's all gaming. Yeah. And I, I even say like if you just watch people play games on Twitch, you like video games. Yeah. Like you don't have to be have the controller. Yeah.
1: I think we're in a really I think like that 16-bit era was amazing, but I think the current era of video games, yeah. we're, we're, like, I feel very lucky to be at a point in my life where I can play video games at a time when so many, like, beautiful games are coming out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, like, I love that a lot of games have gone back on the, the 16-bit or an, or a version of the 16-bit era yeah. graphics, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, the reason I love Shovel Knight so much is because it looks like a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. game, but a Super Nintendo could never run that game yeah. like it's too yeah. there's that's how i too feel about celeste it. yes yeah. celeste is gorgeous yeah. it's just like the art styles like that it's what led me to goose game like that kind of fuzzy like soft yeah like and it's just it's brilliant how we've kind of come around where like now that we've achieved like the most realistic graphics we could like we could probably get a little more realistic but we've kind of hit the peak of graphics that yeah. now people are like going backwards going okay well now how can i be creative yeah with the stuff that i'm using to make these games yeah that's I, why
1: I liked Nintendo, I think, a lot growing up. Is I, yeah, even still now today, there's a couple games that I've played with like hyper realistic graphics, but like, it just wasn't really the taste for me. And yeah. that's why I like, I kind of embrace this like Switch thing with Super Smack. Is like, yeah. that's kind of what I want to do with my music. I want to be like, I want my music to feel, um, like colorful and imaginative and like, kind of like it's coming from another world. Like I'm not aiming to, like, be like, you know, a really really close replica of anything right and so that's kind of what um i'm like happy to like kind of like you know tie my flag to nintendo's is because i feel like nintendo's always been a home for like um yeah artwork that was like a little bit like kind of odder yeah um but like still very colorful
0: i mean think about like the paper mario series like that's a game that like like could have never existed if they were going for the best graphics Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that shows for sure in your performance and your positivity. Like, it totally reads. Oh, thank you. And what I hope for you is that you get a little bit of what, like, people like Mega Man get. Like, I hope someday Nintendo's like, you're the man. Like, <laughs> Dude, let's I partner. love that. Like, I, oh, I'm putting it out in the world. I'm,
1: it, I'll, I'll never say never, because even though Nintendo's historically taken a very hard line, they've, like, yeah. chill, they've like chilled out, like, a little more over the last couple years. And so yep. they have, like... There's just new... There's, like, fresh faces in, like, the leadership. And these things take... Like, culture shifts take a long time. Uh, But, yeah, it could
0: happen one day. Who knows? A a Nintendo-sponsored Super Mac track? Like, (laughs) like, why not, right? Um, The last thing I'll ask before we start to wrap up is... I always like to ask artists how... Like, what they've learned and how, you, what information you could share to an up-and-coming artist. Like, something that you've learned that you wish you knew when you were starting out that might help someone who's trying to figure out how to get into music or art or whatever else.
1: Yeah. Um, so, one of the things, and it's really funny because I, I say this at the beginning of Sandra Bullock as a uh-huh. half joke, but it's actually really good advice, is... Um, if you're ever stuck on like song or if I'm ever stuck on songwriting, I think about like, what's like a secret that I could share. Mm-hmm. What's something that I literally maybe like could not tell somebody in conversation that like, that might actually work if I say it in a song. Um, and I think that's, that's that kind of technique or that trick has been helpful to me a couple times. It's, it's worked its way into like quite a few of my songs. Um, and it's a lot of the music that I really like um, will share something really like personal, um, so it doesn't need to be like a deep dark secret. Sure, um, it could. Sure, um, but it could also just be something that you've you've never thought to say. So that's one of the things that that um, has has really helped with me. And then the other is like, um, the other kind of theme of neon red is like, is like friendship and family and like your the, the team that you put around you. Yeah, and even though rap has this kind of like, I don't know, sheen around it of being this like, oh, it's this like a this solo thing. It's like, oh, I, I don't, for me, music making has been so collaborative and that's right. one of the most fun parts about it. So like, you know, build up your squad, like find the people creatively and in terms of just fun that you really vibe with and like find ways to create with those people. So that's that's been something that's just kept it really fun for me.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, smack. Super smack. I appreciate you taking the time. Dude, thank this you for been, having me. This, this is awesome. brilliant. There's only one other thing I need you to do. I was saying on the podcast, which is music is life and life is good. It's this idea that if you're creating art, life can't be that bad. So I would love for you to sign us off by just saying that phrase. Music is life and life is good. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Mons. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening.
1: Hi, this Victor Devon, and I am the host of Weberless, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit weburlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is
0: life. Life is good.